We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years. Andy Lou, Steph Curry is, is injured once again, and there's only one person we can bring on to help us break this down. Uh, you know, take take you and I off suicide watch and just kind of figure out what is going on. And that is our friend, Dr. Nirav Pandya. Dr. Nirav, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good. Good. Obviously not good to cop on when there's another curry injury, but uh don't think it's too serious. You, you, be all right. you are the boogeyman, by the way. Every time I'm like, you, know, <laughs> no. you know I love you. You know I love you. But uh, every time Sam's like, we got to get Doc on. I'm like, all right, I'm in. But... We gotta like, we gotta cancel it out. Like maybe we'll get him on in the summer when we get reports of some guys like gain 15 pounds of muscle. Like mm-hmm. break down what that means. Mm-hmm. Go to go the opposite way. Um, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so Steph Curry has done it again. He has broken records and gotten injured in a way that I had never heard of before. So pulling it up right now, he has suffered a partial tear to the superior tibiofibular nice. ligaments. Nice. And interosis membrane, Ooh. as well as a contusion to his lower leg. Wow. Going to be honest with you, Doc, I've spent way too much time on WebMD <laughs> and I have no clue what any of this means. Can you kind of like walk us through this on a, can you translate this for the layman? Yeah, exactly. So this is the this is one of the issues with getting MRIs now is that, you know, 20 years ago, this would have been like you hurt your leg and someone ran into it. You know, so I think mm-hmm. now with an MRI, you're seeing what exactly gets injured when someone bangs into your leg. So kind of starting from the bottom, contusion means basically just kind of a bruise. It's where mm-hmm. you got injured. And I think that's really kind of what set this all off. Mm-hmm. Then you go to this, this tib-fib ligament. And we think about high ankle injuries where there are these ligaments between the ankle. This is essentially like right at the top of the two shin bones. I got my little model here. Okay. Nice. So right on the outside (laughs) over here, where the tibia and kind of the the fibula and the tibia connect right over here, there are these little small ligaments right over here, right underneath the knee. And that's when they talk about the tib-fib ligaments basically getting injured. You get hit in this bone right over here. Those ligaments get stretched out. And the interosseous membrane is these kind of like, there's a thick band of tissue right between the two bones right over here. So basically he got banged over here the ligaments got stretched out and he bruised some of the mm. stuff down here. So essentially it's just describing an area that got injured. The only time these ever need surgery is if that joint dislocates out. Yeah. Um, and that only happens in like car accidents. So 
fancy way of saying he got hit on the outside part of his leg right below the knee. Um, and hopefully, you know, it's going to be a couple of weeks and we'll be back. So that's the thing. They haven't put a timetable on him. Um, and I'm assuming, tell me if I'm wrong here. It's mostly because there's swelling in the region and they can't necessarily tell. Is, is that probably the most accurate way to put it? Yeah, I think so. I think part of it's that part of it's also this injury is really rare. You know, you don't see it very mm-hmm. often. You really of have course. to get hit right here. So, you know, like foot injury, ACL, meniscus, we know like, you know, X months exactly, you know, you're right. back this there's it's not there so really it's about you know how bad the mri was and really how his body responds so curry could have a great response and we're talking two weeks if he's having pain he's not moving well it could be four to six weeks but in general when you think about ligaments and kind of this membrane getting injured it's lands around four weeks but how his body responds and how careful they want to be is really going to determine that exact time frame only only steph curry could find a way to get an injury that really nobody so you're saying like there's not many there's no comparison with other NBA players. And I'm sure at this point you've looked at it, it's been a few days. There's no yeah. comparison to anybody in the past that have had this. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah, I think, you know, usually, and I think probably a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of players probably get hit in this area. Right. And they don't, they just call it a bone bruise. And they're like, you got a bone bruise, got you'll it. be back in a couple okay. weeks. I think it's Curry. You got to be careful. You're going to get an MRI. And then you're seeing stuff that lights up on an MRI that just describes where he got bruised. And it's not necessarily some kind of like bizarre injury. It's just really descriptive. Yeah. So, you know, based off of the model you showed us and like, you know, we've seen a few few people pointed out that way. It does. Is he at risk to injure his knee if he comes back too soon? Because the first thing I see with that is like, it's good. It's not the knee, but it is right below the knee. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Anytime you've got irritation in that area and your meniscus is kind of close by, your lateral collateral ligaments close by. So absolutely, anytime that area is compromised, it's going to put stress in other areas. So that's really where I think the caution will come in. Not because this injury is going to flare up, but are you going to stress something else could then be a several month injury. All right. I got to ask. Um, he hurt his leg against Denver the two nights before on the playing against the back to back. I don't know if you caught that one. He, he heard it, but yeah. he was questionable coming into um uh, into the game against Dallas, yeah, right. So, does that is could it could it be? A, it's I guess it's a hard question to to answer, but yeah. could it be that I think you know where I'm going? Could it be that where it yeah. causes it makes the ligaments weaker? Then he gets hit by the guy. Then all of a sudden now he's out for a month, right? Is that is that something that that could have happened? You know, I think with if it was like a groin or a hamstring, you could say, look, if it's like a mm. soft tissue thing where things mm. are wearing down, you can definitely see that inj- increased injury risk with a back to back. I think this was just bad luck. He got hit, you know, like, I don't think if it was a back-to-back, not a back-to-back, like, I think it's simply just, he got hit there, then he happened to get hit again, and it just kind of set him up for that injury. So I think it's just bad luck. Um, It was a hammy, something else, and I'd say, look, maybe things are wearing down. I I think this is just the way the Warriors season's gone. That's right. It really is, like, a a nice, like, microcosm of what has been just a frustrating season. Um, The bone bruise part, we haven't necessarily talked about much. Is that mostly just a pain tolerance? Uh, yeah, exactly. Especially in this area. Yeah. If it, if it was like a little bit higher up in like a more critical area, um, then you get worried about it. But this, this probably, that's probably the least important part of the whole thing. It's just like, okay. look, it's not an area that you stress a lot because it's not weight bearing. So if you can tolerate the pain, it's pretty much not, not a big deal. I Got wonder, uh, I wonder, uh, how is it compared to like an MCL? Remember the last time, remember when Steph got hurt in 2016? He had the grade two yeah. and he came back in like two and a half weeks, which, you know, looking back, we know it's, it's not, it should be five weeks four to six or something like that right but it's the playoffs he, but yeah. it's the playoffs he came back in two and a right. half so like you mentioned of you gave a wide range you said like if, if he if he feels real good he's back in two maybe 
um, you know, maybe worst case scenario, it's like six weeks. So we're talking right. about a range of two to six. When do when do we yeah. when should we expect to like find out? Um, do we, would we find out in a week? You know, before the All Star break, that all right, this is looking like four, or, or are we just going to be touch and go here for the next month? Yeah. No, I think we'll find out pretty quickly. I mean, I think the first seven to 10 days, you get a sense of like how he's moving, how things are going. So usually if pain's pretty good, they're going to start progressing him in terms of activity. So um, I think we'll find out pretty quickly. I think the key difference between this and like an MCL is that the re- risk of re-injury with an MCL is pretty high. This mm. is such a bizarre area uh, to hurt. So the only way you could potentially get re-hurt is if he got banged right in that area again, which would be pretty hard oh. to do. Or if, which, you know, we kind of had, but, or if he's not fully pain-free, and then he kind of hurt something else. So I think that so if they are like on the side of because it hurts him too yeah, much. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think we'll be safe because you know they're safe with their injuries. So I think they'll probably won't have that happen. It's just kind of one of those bad luck things. No, I, I definitely feel confident they're not going to like risk it because he's he's too important to the franchise to like throw out there yeah. a little too soon. Um, my question is okay. So trade deadline is Thursday. <laughs> um, this complicates things in the sense of. You know, if it is that two to three week and, you know, he can play through it, then it's really nothing and it shouldn't change their plans. If it's uh, if it's the six to eight week, then, you know, maybe they should be a little more protective of other things. And so is there what is the realistic chance that they can feel confident that they know by like, let's say Wednesday, um, you know, is Steph going to be back? end of February or like, Oh man, this is going to, this is going to be one of those things that's more like middle to end of March. I think, well, I think the MRI, cause they'll know how bad everything is inflamed and injured mm-hmm. on there. So we're just getting a description of what's injured. So they probably sure. have a good sense of in general, how this will turn around. So, okay. um, and you know, the first 48 to 72 hours, you get a good sense. Is he responding pretty well? Is he getting stiff? So I think they'll probably know internally and Celebrini probably will be like, look, he's going to be good. This is really two to three weeks. We may not report it, but that's where it's going to be. It does, it does provide like just a, a leverage advantage to like publicly, like make it sound worse than it is or just not yeah. disclose it's it true. to let people imagine. Yeah. So, so you're saying, you're saying there's a decent chance, like they have a, feeling internally at least what what it'll yeah. be just like they're not going to tell us but they feel internally sam's you know? gonna find yeah, out probably. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> sam's, yes. sam's yeah probably well that, <laughs> that's good that was like that was my fear when they're that like is, we we're not going to disclose the timeline i'm like oh it must be too swollen for them to make some sort of like yeah. definitive statement you're saying that's probably not the case yeah probably not the case and they're probably also just waiting to see like they probably have a general sense, but they're like, what they don't want to get into is like sure. he gets in two weeks in and then he's yes. like, oh, my knee's sore. And then yes. suddenly it's another week. But sure. they have probably a general timeline of earlier side versus late side. Yeah. I, I, I'm i trying to think of like, I'm trying to think of from a Warriors perspective, because you've been around a lot. Are the Warriors, and, and compared to other teams, are they the team that just takes the longest to bring a player back? Like is it, it from, from the outside, outside in, obviously. But like, are the yeah, Warriors, I, he, yeah. You go ahead. I think so. I mean, the only other person I can think of that's had a long recovery is Lonzo Ball for the Bulls. I mean, that, he's been out for a long time. Right. Um, but I think that the Warriors in general, they don't – a lot of teams will kind of skirt that line of like, okay, three weeks, we're going to get you back earlier. You know, like they definitely – they'll do more in terms of the ramp-up period on the back end. Um, a lot of teams will be like, you go play 35 minutes, but, you know, not the back-to-backs, making sure there's slow increase in the minutes, which drives the fan base crazy, I know. Um, <laughs> but they – they do avoid that secondary injury. You know, like I think that's key for a lot of, you know, a lot of the players, they, people will get weird, bizarre injuries like Curry, but um, Wiseman aside, they pretty much have gotten people back pretty predictably. Um, 
and you know, we overlook Clay a little bit, but that's a large injury thing that they need to manage, and they got him back. So I think they're they're pretty good in terms of getting people back, uh, you know, safely. Makes sense. All right, all right one last thing. Um, curious about this, and feel free to you know not comment if you don't want to. But uh, Doctor Seth Sherman shares that Seth's injury is a variant of a high ankle sprain. Scares me. Um, immediately high ankle is a very common basketball injury. So like Andy and I know what that means in terms of recovery time, but I, I, I can't even grasp the concept of it being like a high ankle considering it's <laughs> yeah. the top of the fibia. <laughs> yeah, tibia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you, yeah. can you like walk us through what true? he's getting at? Potentially? Yeah, no, I think, I think essentially what he's getting at is, you know, high ankle sprain involves kind of the injury between anything between those two bones between okay. your tibia and fibula. So he's basically saying, look, when it's like a quote unquote, a high ankle, it's lower down where those ligaments get injured. Sure. He's just saying it's the same sort of concept, but happening up higher. Um, so I agree. It's kind of like the concept's the same connection between those two bones. Um, but I think it's it's a quicker quicker turnaround in general. Do- doctors got a dumb that I like, down that I like man. They got a dumb yeah. everything. I, I just I don't understand anything. So that's that's good. I, but I that's legit- good. I legitimately thought the diagnosis the Warriors threw out there was just like trolling the fan base. Like how how that's how uh, medically how medical can we make this so that people have no clue what it means? But <laughs> anyway, um, Dr. Rob, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. This is super informative. You have a great evening. Thanks, brother. Awesome. You too, guys. Take care. Yep. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And Andy Lou, we are back. For those of you who are joining us live, uh, check out our interview with Dr. Narav. But moving forward, the Warriors beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 141-114. I, th- I feel like the number one way to, to uh, describe this win is the Warriors played serious. I feel pretty good about everything, all things considered. Dr. Narav made me feel a little more optimistic mm. about the timetable with Steph. Mm. And the Warriors' play tonight made me feel optimistic that they feel optimistic because, <laughs> you know, Clay, Draymond, the birthday boy Looney, Wiggins' best game since he's come back from the injury, Jordan Poole, 
they played like a team who's like, we can hold the fort until Steph Curry comes back. That, wow. I, by the way, did not the feeling that I got. You texted me that <laughs> midway through the game. No, no, no. You texted me that midway through the game, and I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense because my thought was what Draymond and Clay did tonight was they showed out for Steph. It kind of felt like, a, hey, you're out. Like, we're, we're going to take care of you while you're out. Um, and they showed up. Those were the two best players for the Warriors. Actually, everybody on the Warriors were amazing, so we'll get to it. But it started with the two guys out of the big three, uh, Draymond on defense, especially on defense, and Klay Thompson making 25 threes tonight. So just, I mean, I thought that this was the less, least stressful game of the season. I don't know about best win, but, I mean, this is right up there, Sam. Right up there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd call it the best win or anything, but it's exactly what I wanted to see from this team off of the Steph Curry news. Look, trade deadline, three days away. If you're listening to this Tuesday morning, two days away. We're right there. We don't know what they're doing. All reports frustrate me, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like they're annoying. Um, but all you can do is hope this team keeps making a case to move forward and hold down the fort till Steph comes back. And that's what they did tonight. They won a very comfortable game. And it was led by the players you would expect to lead, right? Like Clay Thompson gets all the credit and we'll talk about him in a minute, but I feel like Draymond Looney and Wiggins and Jordan Poole all deserve credit because it was a super, super professional. Like there's nothing... Every one of them did exactly what you would hope they would do in this situation. Okay, so let's start with Pool. I mean, uh, not Pool Clay. <laughs> Jesus, let's start with Clay because that's that's the man of the hour. Um, and, and I'm with you. Professional is actually a really good way to put it. Uh, and let's start with Clay because he the threes that he took and made to start the game weren't. Hey, I'm gonna chuck it up off the dribble from thirty. I'm gonna shoot these crazy. No, it's pretty. It was pretty ball movement. Come off the screen. Good look. Knock it down. Right, that that was what Clay did all night, and and if you, I mean, the Warriors weren't they didn't come out and, and blow this game out the water. Like they actually needed Clay to make every single one of those shots to keep him in the game to start. Yeah, it was it was kind of a slow start, but di- didn't you feel like in that slow start, like they weren't hitting shots, and you know, the defense could have been better to start the game, but it didn't feel like they were out of sorts with it. It, it felt like they were kind of feeling their way into yes. the game a little bit there. Um, and for me, a big thing was like I, I they weren't turning the ball over too heavily. I'm gonna highlight Jordan Poole having 12 assists, four turnovers. I don't feel like the turnovers though were particularly bad from tonight. Like this was a very good Jordan Poole game in general. I mean, like, one control- of the best of the season, one of his best of the season. Yeah, control hit it. Obviously, you know, five for ten from three. 12 assists speaks for itself, 20, but like just generally playing in the flow. Sometimes I feel like he gets out of flow when Steph and Claire are both going, like he doesn't know where to pick his spots. And in some ways it's easier for him to play when one of them are out of lineup. It doesn't matter which one. It's just like one of them needs to be out of the lineup, but it, it's, it was a thing earlier in the year. It's a thing. Anytime clay sits and Steph's in the lineup. And tonight it was a thing. He was just a lot more comfortable and they got going. Uh, that was the key, I think. So outside of Clay going supernova, by the way, he always does this against OKC. It's hilarious. I think he's shooting 70% from three against OKC this season. He loves him. He sees red. He just goes off. It's great. I have, I have a couple Thunder friends, and and just anytime they see Clay, it's like <laughs> the uh, fear of God. Yeah, it's 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 very personal. It's like uh, I'm trying to think of 
a good analogy, but it's just it's the boogeyman. They're, they'd rather see LeBron than, than Clay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> look at what happened, right? So you could argue that he cost them a championship. Um, back to Jordan Poole, him not having to, and this isn't Steph's fault, and I don't think it's Clay's fault, but him not having to play next to Steph and Clay and try to figure out how to play with those guys makes his life so much easier. Because tonight he was. Sam, he wasn't. He didn't have twenty one at half. He had twenty one at the game. He had five at halftime, and he was one for five from the field at halftime. But what I said was, he's in control of the game. Didn't turn the ball over. He's making all the right passes to play right, and he's not doing anything anything crazy. Did he dribble off his foot one time today? No, no. Not, not a single, not a single once. Um, not a single one. So I, I thought that was Jordan Poole's best. I mean, he's had better shooting games, but to me, this is the best game. If this is. If he can play 70, there are going to be games where he has to shoot, uh, score more. But if he can play 70, 75% of this game in terms of IQ and decision-making, they are going to be fine for as long as Steph is out for the next two, three weeks, whatever. Yeah, a couple thoughts on that. One, it's like, look, on aggregate, he's had a really frustrating season. Um, There's been times where I've just been like, I can't. I can't do anymore. It's, it's He's got to go, you know? Like, but... Yep. When you see him, like he plays like an all-star at times. This is, there's not a lot of guards who can play at this level. So you, you know, it kind of wraps you back in to calm down a little bit with him and just realize like he is an incredibly talented player. Um, And on the broader thing with him, the, the thing that pops to me is just, they've never had a guard who can hold the fort down. When Steph gets hurt, I haven't. We're we're hopeful that um, you know maybe it's closer to two to three weeks than four to six. We we don't know. No one knows at this point, you know. Um, but Jordan Poole has shown he can kind of hold the fort down if Steph's gone for a handful of games. And I don't know what number you put on that, but that's incredibly valuable. Uh, particularly when he can play the same style. In other words, it allows yes, like what it Clay is. and what it Draymond is, yeah. and other guys to get going. Yep, because, uh, I mean, Ty Jones is a pretty good backup point guard. I think he's going to be in the league for a while. You know I like mm-hmm. him. Uh, and maybe they'll be fine with him playing some point guard role if Jordan Poole on, on this team. But just watch the way he plays, man. It's, it's just normal backup point guard stuff. He can't really move. He could dribble, but it's just he can't get by any run. He can Smart. make it over sharp. But that's, yeah, right. But Jordan Poole, you know, maybe not the smartest player, but God. I I Saucy. tweeted it out. He just he lives in chaos, just like Steph, just like Steph. He sees a he sees a ball go sideways, and he picks it up. He goes, "I'm just gonna, I'm gonna chuck it up because it feels like he's gonna make those three seventy five percent of the time, and he made one of those tonight." Uh, that's the way that pool plays, and it. I don't know, like to your point, I don't know how many guys that are in the NBA that could play like that, like. Jalen Brunson is probably a better player than Jordan Poole and got a good contract. Tyler Hero got a contract, right? I don't really know if those guys can play the way that Poole... But, and, and maybe Brunson is better for this team than Poole. But I think you watch the game tonight, you're like, well, he just he just did what Steph does. I mean, he just did what Steph did tonight, and they're not winning this game without him, and they're not going to win many games without Poole playing well in the next two weeks, right? So pretty and, important. And, 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 and I think that is an important point to make where it's like it allows Clay, Draymond, Looney, Wiggins to play and flow. Like it's the same rhythm. It's the same feel. Like, yes, he's probably not going to hit as many of those ridiculous bullshit threes that Steph hits, but no one is, right? Like that's just life. Yeah. So um, 
Let's talk Wiggins real quick. Yes. Yes. I'm glad we're doing this one. It's my favorite one today. Uh, was this his best game since he came back from injury? By far. Feels like by, it. Yeah. By far. By far. Shea Gilgis Alexander was about to. I mean, he was in the middle of cooking the Warriors. Boy, <laughs> uh, um, no chance, obviously. And then and Clay couldn't really muscle up. Clay was better in the second half against them. But they put Wiggins. I tweeted out, this is why you paid GP2 to guard guys like SGA. And then all of a sudden, Wiggins gets on SGA. And did you see SGA's stat line? I mean, he just vanishes the rest of the game. So Wiggins can't make a shot. He can't make a three. I think the mid-range is getting there. The layups are there. Can't make a three. But. If you're telling me he can play that type of defense on the perimeter against a superstar like SGA, Sam, I mean, that's that's what the Warriors have missed for months, the whole season. The entire season, that's what they've missed. Yeah, I mean, you could make the case he was the second best Warriors player during the playoff run and definitely uh, the second best player to open the season. Like, he played so well the first month of the season when everything wasn't going well. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But, like, it's abundantly clear when they don't have Wiggins, who's their best two-way wing, uh, very athletic defender and kind of like an athletic slasher who can hit open shots on the other end. Like you feel his absence when he's not there mm-hmm. and it hasn't felt like he's been there for, for over a month. And tonight was a game just reminds you, like you said, he, <laughs> he had Shea in hell and that's something they've been missing for a minute. So yeah, I, I just, I don't know how, the, this, the, these last few months, how many times we just watch teams walk to the rim, get an open shot, just and and it finally felt like last season a little bit when Wiggins. It's not OKC's not a bad team. They didn't beat up the Houston Rockets tonight, man. No. OKC is a good NBA team, and if the Warriors messed around tonight like they've done many times, this could have been a two possession game down the wire, and it wasn't because of Wiggins shutting the sh- shutting down SGA after like after the first quarter, for sure. For sure, that was a uh, that was a good game from. Um, let's show some love to the birthday boy, real quick. I feel guilty bearing the lead on our guy Looney. What we do? Light years, by the way, number one home of Looney fans. I, I don't even want to hear someone claim they like Looney more than us. Like, just it it's, feels disrespectful. Um, Looney turned fifty. Sorry, twenty seven today. Uh, Another solid game, and I feel like in some ways he's like the just the, the rock of this team, right? Like he, I was thinking about it today. You know, this is the eighth year on the Warriors. You know how many players in the NBA have been on the same team for eight years? It's like less than twelve it's, in the current NBA. Yeah, it's wow. wild if you think. Like, I mean, he's he's hitting like Tatum. Uh. Giannis level of I've been on the same team that long in general. Like for we, we think about I mean we think about Steph Clay and Draymond uh for obvious reasons, but it's like you don't think about the fact that like most players don't stay on NBA teams more than five years. So has, has more championships than Giannis and Tatum, too. By the way, just be clear. Just <laughs> to be clear, be very clear. Uh no disrespect, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he is sometimes and I you know, we all say we don't pocket watch, but I but get so angry when I see the amount of money that Kavon Looney makes and I see what other people make in the NBA. And, uh, and, and it just pisses me off because he is so good, not just as a warrior. Dude, he would be good anywhere. Every basketball team that wants to win 
games and playoff games needs a Kevon Looney. He needs Kevon Looney. And it sucks that he doesn't get paid more money. But I guess maybe if he get paid more, he wouldn't be a warrior, right? So well, I guess it's like, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> it's I one mean, or the I other. Mean, but, man, I love Tim's, him. I love him. Tim, I love Tim's him. going he's got enough money to live in Oakland. Uh, he lives in an apartment. He lives in an apartment. Maybe, 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 maybe. But, um, look, man. And, and the, the wildest thing about him is he just keeps getting better. Like, he's what, one of the five best rebounders in the NBA. Ooh. I don't feel like arguing the list, but like definitely top 10. Wow. Can you think of 10 better rebounders? I'm not even going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not fighting you on it. That's, I just think that's how many bigs are better at switching than him. It's like DeAndre Ayton, better than Brooke Lopez. The the bigs who are better at switching than him are, it's like Draymond, Anthony Davis. Like, okay, like, you know, fine. Like, it's not like an insult to say he's not as good as those guys. Um, and then his passing, like he's such a smart player. Like he he's averaging like three, four assists a game. Um, and, and he's mastered. I mean, he's kind of turned himself into Andrew Bogut, which is kind of wild because like Bogut's absurdly talented and he'll never really be appreciated for how good he was with the Warriors just because like, you know, uh, all we want to talk about is Stephen Clay, but like he is, he is out of his mind, just the perfect warrior center, right? Like there's no other way to put it. I mean, just just you brought it up, and I want to nail I want to nail it again. There is not many switcher switching bigs that are better than Kavon Looney in the NBA. Um, there, DeAndre and gets paid two hundred ninety million dollars. However much he gets paid, and let me tell you something. Slight if exaggeration, but if it's a game winning <laughs> stretch. Five minutes for the Phoenix Suns, and you've got Devin Booker and Chris Paul and Cam. You got some shooters out there, so you know you can score, but you need to play defense against Luka Doncic. Much rather have Looney out there, <laughs> and that's a that's just a fact. Also, he's got way more dog in him than than DeAndre. I don't know why I'm killing DeAndre. I don't know. Happy birthday, come on, Looney. Good for you. And it looks like it's, you, you it's- know you know why you are because <laughs> Aiton has all the talent in the world. I hate it. I hate it. But like, it's just everything I dislike too. And I don't, it's not like, he's not the only one. He's just the first top of mind one contextually. Right. Yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, cat, Lo- you could throw out there a cat. Looney's had how many hip surgeries, how much yoga has he had to do to like get to here? You know what I mean? Like he, he wants it more and you just kind of, you hit a certain point where you're like, I'd rather ride with that guy than the more talented guy. Just end of end of story. Nothing else matters. That's all. Um, all right, we got a couple of super chats I want to get to real quick. All right. From William Mitchell, the playback bets are hilarious. Appreciate Mikas for being a good sport. You guys got to come through light years playback watch parties tonight. Mikas was hosting. I popped in there for a little bit. I'm not going to comment on it, uh, for everyone's, uh, privacy, but, um, but they're, they're a good time. You know, shout out Luke, shout out McWalter, shout out Ty, who've been holding it down. It's been a good, I love it. Good time in there. We had a lot of fun on Saturday in there up until Steph got hurt. And then, you know, but whatever. In general, it's been a fun time. All right. Next question we've got from Awesome. I have no optimism. Oh, no. Come I will on. believe this team is good when it happens. Things could get worse with Come no on. trades. Rollins injury epitomized my frustration. I can't go there, man. I'm in a good mood. In a good mood. Forget this game. 
I've made peace with the fact that I need the trade deadline to pass before I appropriately react to it. Like nothing about getting mad on Monday night is going to change what's going to happen in two to three days. So I just want to see what happens and then I'll get mad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I agree. I I'm with you. I also think that we're going to have to wait further than the trade deadline. Um, we have to wait for the buyout market. Um, Hey, actually speaking of buyout market, um, Jermichael Green tonight. We forgot to shout him out. JM Goon, the guy that may have his roster spot in jeopardy because the Warriors may be looking to offload him. Looks like that he's going to be on the team Dude, he's for the been, rest of the season. He's been good since he came back from injury. He, quite frankly, has looked like what I thought they were getting when they got him in the beginning of the season. And he had a uh, a subpar start to the season, right? Like, that's the way to put it right. Oh, yeah. But, um, but like, don't you agree? Like, look, is he Otto Porter with like cerebral passes and shooting? No, but like the energy level is what I expected. Like, he, he just make make him plays, man. Make make plays with your energy. Like, be who you are, and he's playing up to his capabilities and and making positive impact performances. That that the thing about Jermichael Green because when you when you compare him to Otto Porter, that's it's when unfair. You yeah, it's unfair. It's unfair because Otto Porter is is well, should never have been a vet men guy. He was obviously a ten million plus player. Jamichael exactly. Green has never been that in his career. Um, but Jamichael Green's got that aggressiveness at the rim type of energy that the Warriors really, really, really lack. Um, the the Thunder were really small tonight, and Jamichael Green knew that. And I know he traveled on that play. But when he got the ball under the rim and he just took a step and just put his ass and just shoved over Trey Mann, I was like, yes, yes, because there's no other warrior that does that. Right. right. Dray- Draymond's super tough, but he's not that type of player on offense. Kaminga, <laughs> he's starting to learn. He's starting to learn. Kaminga's starting to get there. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins is not that guy on offense either. He's got his other strengths. And so, and then the rest of the Warriors aren't that type of player. So you've got. Jermichael Green doing that. I think Steph's it's not cool. getting his ass into guys and bully balling no. a dunk. No, you know, we <laughs> wish the other big guy could do that, but that's not what he does either. And you know, whatever. But Jermichael Green is doing that. I think that's pretty cool. Stock He's up. Also making stock, stock up. No, Are we talking about him tonight? We're not. <laughs> no, 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 we're not. That's cute. Good for JM Goon. I like him. I like him. Our guy Frank throwing this to us. Greetings from Chase. Ooh. Draymond's block was impressive to see tonight. Shout out to Jamichael for playing aggressive and throwing down a few dunks. Yeah, piggybacking off what we were saying. I thought um, we didn't even talk about Draymond, but Draymond had that extra, he had that extra Draymond gear where it's like, I'm getting a win tonight going with him. And um, to his point, to his point, Jamichael, we just talked about it. I mean, if they can play like this, I think they could ride out no Steph for 10 games minimum. Um, And and we don't know if it's going to be 10 games. Hopefully it's only five. Wow. But like you, you get what I'm saying? Like they if they play with that kind of energy and that little kick, like, yeah, are they gonna drop a game that they might not drop without Steph? Sure. But like they can absolutely survive it, particularly in this mediocre West. You know what they, I'm saying? And they sh- they made what? Like, you know, 33s tonight. Like, take away the fact that they made a bunch of threes. The process I thought was great. Um it wasn't a let's chuck up a shit ton of threes and because we made a lot, we won. They didn't win because they made a bunch of threes. They won because they played really good defense and didn't turn the ball over and they got good shots. It was all mostly good threes. And I thought that w- that process was good. Uh, Draymond, to Frank's point, dude, 
when he locks in on defense like he did tonight, I mean, how many times do we have to say this? Is there <laughs> anybody better? Is there anybody better? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Timmy, let's play some voicemails to the goons. Hey, guys. Nate. Um, obviously, the Warriors versus Thunder game hasn't finished, but I just had a thought. Probably a little optimistic, given the current state of affairs with Steph Curry's injury and whatnot, but could this be a good thing? Could this mean that Kaminga is able to get 25 to 30 minutes per night? We get to play some more versatile wing lineups and just generally have some of our younger players get some more run. And maybe we can hover a little bit above 500. And when Curry gets back, we can make a run with the full squad. Um, also, Poole looks fucking awesome right now. I don't know what Twitter threads he was on, but he seems to <laughs> be responding to the noise really well. Thanks so much. Sorry if I'm out of breath. I'm walking back from class you know, right now. What is, he, what is he doing? Love it. I love Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Nate. Hey, 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 don't miss class. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do. So I, I'm going to say this. I do think this period could be decent for them, like just to force them to, to grow up a little bit and play a little more serious. Um, I don't know about Kuminga. By the way, Kuminga, five assists tonight. Ooh, played really well. I, he's he's just getting the offense on really he, well. He's getting it. You know, he's getting there. Um, so I'm curious. I, I, I'll buy the theory that it could potentially be good for this team because sometimes it feels like they play like Steph save us ball. And, and sometimes it's, it's like better to just see them like, yeah, I don't know. We saw them do this. That last, that last that's time true, Steph got hurt. You know what I mean? And like, we had the same discussion. So I, I don't know if I buy that. I, the Kaminga point I like better is that's the small ball lineup. I like, dude, I don't like the small ball lineup with Steph clay and pool out there. They don't play any defense. This small ball lineup with Poole, Clay, and then you throw Wiggins and Kaminga on the wing with Draymond at the five, especially sure. against a smaller team like OKC, money. That's the small ball lineup the Warriors should go with. So it's not that small ball doesn't work. It's the personnel that doesn't work uh, uh, when you have the three-card lineup together. Let's see if we got another comment. No, it makes, it makes total sense. Like it's about, the, it's about the fit. Like Wiggins isn't trying to dribble the ball in circles and either's Kuminga. I mean, maybe earlier in the season, but he's not anymore, you know, so it makes a little more sense than what they were doing uh, with, with the three-guard lineup. But, Tim, let's get to the next one. What's up, Light Years? I just got out the game. Clay Thompson burner in person is something else. We're going to win the chip this year. Let's go. Take care. Bye. I love it. Andy, what is the best Clay Thompson performance you've seen in person? Oh, it's not even close. It's not even close. It's uh, Sacramento, 37 points. It, <sighs> it was the best performance I have ever seen. Out of body. I, I was out of body. I was sitting <laughs> on – it was a Friday night. I remember this. I didn't want to go to the game. I was back when I was covering the team, and I was – it's a Friday. I want to go drink. I'm like 24, 20 – I don't forget what I was. And then I go to the game, and I'm sitting middle row. They give good seats because it's Sacramento. Nobody's showing up. No media is showing up back then. And uh, you sit in front row with Strauss and Mark Spears. <laughs> I think I was uh, up to uh, – I think I might have been next to Nate Duncan probably, who, who by the way, didn't. he never has any emotion. We Love him, but total weirdo. 
but he makes this <laughs> shot. He makes this shot, dude. He makes a shot on Nick Stauskas that he's looking sideways. He's not looking at the rim, and he catches it on the baseline, and then he just throws <laughs> it at the rim. You know what I'm talking about? He just throws. I remember it at the, the shot. Rim. Yeah, and I and I stood up. It's the only time ever as as a, as a uh, as a as a person with a credential that I like I cheered on the bench because I was I stood up went oh shit. And uh, just the best, just the best. I'm sure if I saw OKC Game Six, it would have been better. But that was the best for me that I've ever. Seen. O- OKC Game Six was on the road, so neither of us were in, yeah. were in Oklahoma for that one. <laughs> I <be>. do. <laughs> By the way, the comments. <laughs> <laughs> My guy Diamond. <laughs> I forgot about Diamond Leung, the legend. Um, I want to also throw out the uh, the Toronto game where he tore his ACL. Mm was um there was a shot he hit in transition with two guys on his hands with Steph waving his hands going like dumb I'm wide open and he's just like nah I'm that fucking hot and it was you know it didn't hit anything but net like it was because his shot is so pure when he's on like it's on and it was uh I just remember being like, they're gonna, they're gonna win this, and they're going back to Toronto, and they're gonna win. Like it, it was one of those like yep. Yep. utmost confident performance type of shots I've ever seen because it's it's not just the shot making, although that alone is impressive. It's like the confidence and the feeling everyone on both teams has, where it's like, no, this dude's. It doesn't matter how many of us guard him; it's, he's just rising up and gonna hit it at all times. It's another level. Did you cry when he when he came out of the tunnel? I know you're not a crier, but you, did you cry? Um, <laughs> no, it was it's <laughs> I was I was um I was too amped to like truly process. Yeah. Um, and then and then I got a text, and you and I got the same text on the same text thread that he tore his ace on. I was like, fuck. Immediately, <laughs> immediately blocked the number. It's like you don't know what you're talking about. Get it, get out of here. That was uh I I wish one of the roughest games, probably in Warriors history, but still one of the coolest games. Um, and it's also cool looking back at it now in history because we thought, I don't know, a lot of people thought that that right there was when the Warriors dynasty died in that arena. Game six, I, that was when they died. Not to like wax poetic, but like I f- walked out of that game just like I, I I wasn't upset. I was just like, no. I, I just the utmost respect. Like like, I literally watched him like die on the court. You know what I'm saying? Like huh? it, it's like one of those things where it's like I can't um, ask for anything more. Like I, I can't be like, what was Kerr doing? Yeah, yeah. Or, why did why yeah. did Draymond foul him? It's like no, man. They left it on the court in a way that like made me just like you know. All right. If 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 that's how it's gonna be, that's how yep. it's gonna be. Yep. You know, like you you don't leave with more questions. Yep. Type of thing. Um, and and now he's back and he's he's playing like a monster. It's so ridiculous. Shout out, shout out Clay Thompson. It's ridiculous. Know? Shout out Clay Thompson because mm-hmm. they were playing with Quinn Cook, Alfonso McKinney, and I mean Demarcus Jonas, Cousins. Yeah. What, Jonas what's our guy Jonas? What, what league is he in? What league are any of them in? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Bob, it was Bob only put, three years ago. It was only three years ago. And Bob puts guys. together some special rosters. Oh my God. Bob's been oh. what? We got Jonas Repko's and um he's not even on the main team in Moscow. He's in Kim Kimchi Moscow, like not even Seska. 
Um, anyway, wow. Ne- so next one, Timmy. <laughs> Yo, Sam and Andy, this is Mike and Meredith just getting off of the um, of the hosting on playback. Meredith, shout out Pacific Catch real quick. Like, just give a Pacific Catch ad read. <laughs> okay, well, Meredith is I love me not I love participating, me. I guess. So that's funny. I was trying to get a Pacific Catch ad read, <laughs> um, but, you know. We uh, we just had a very successful and fun um, playback. If people listening aren't joining us for playback, what are you doing? Uh, where me and McWalter and, and uh, Meredith and, and Francisco, we were all sitting there like, uh, you know, I, I bet on two clay assists in a 13-leg parlay that missed by two legs. And, uh, you know, Clay only had one assist. He wasn't really feeling like passing tonight. But, hey, hell of a game. And like I said when Seth get injured, got injured, it sounds like I'm a little drunk off the Tito's. I'm only a little drunk off the Tito's. It's <laughs> fine. But like I said, when Seth got injured, they can be okay. It's just, do they want to do something at the trade deadline? Guys, I'm sure you're getting this asked regularly. What's the trade deadline move? Sam, what are the sources? Um, Meredith, ask Sam, what are Sam's <laughs> sources from the trade deadline? Real quick. All right. Appreciate appreciate you, Mikis. Appreciate you, Meredith. Mm-hmm. By the way, you really do need to go into the Light Years playback room. Andy? Sorry, oh, someone yeah. in the chat. Someone in the chat just goes Stephen A's tweet about McKinney's an all timer. Indeed. Um, what is your confidence level that they make a trade or they make a move at the deadline? How many times you asked me this once a week, and I swear I've been well, dude. I'm gonna week. ask you about, we have at least this pod and the next one before it's the deadline. Exactly. So I'm gonna give it to you two more times. And here's 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 the thing: my confidence level has eroded every single time you've asked me. So I've <laughs> gone, I've gone from it's happening. Last time you asked me. 80 percent i'm now at 70 i don't i don't the more we get closer to the deadline the more it feels like the warriors are just gonna say why are we gonna trade wiseman when we can't get anything for him and the only thing we can trade him for is if we give up a first round pick then forget it um we'd rather hold on to him than add a ninth man that's how i feel but i still have it at 70 percent because i think when it comes down to it Draymond's walking in that door and he's telling Joe Lacob, give me a, give me a fucking player. You know what I mean? Give me Alex Caruso. Give me Jared Vanderbilt. Obviously those are the two guys that I love. Um, And, and I, and it feels like a first round pick and Wiseman is going to do it. So what if Joe Lacob (laughs) gets you Alfonso McKinney, shout out our guy, Stephen A. Smith, who, Four and change years ago goes, what the hell is going on? I love b-ball, competitive b-ball. It's bad enough the Warriors are the Warriors, but now they got this dude, Alfonso McKinney. Remember this name. If this kid is what I think he is, it just ain't fair. Just isn't. Rich get richer. By the way, shout out you for the first comment under there. (laughs) How did I get it? I don't remember that. I spelled his name wrong. He didn't even spell McKinney's name correctly. Um, I feel bad for Alfonso McKinney because he was actually, I mean, he's a good energy. He was an energy player, right? Like, yeah, he would have been good if the Warriors had KD in that series. Like he would have came in and given good minutes. It would have been a good 10, 10 minutes game that we would have given, but he, he somehow ended up guarding Kawhi Leonard for long stretches. The hell are you supposed to do it? You know what I mean? So tough, tough for him. He never made it back in the league, huh? Or, Or did he play on a couple other teams before he? I swear, I like saw him in Cleveland or something. Uh, I thought he, I thought he, he did. He did. Yeah, he did have a Cleveland run. That is, that is a factual statement. Good memory. <laughs> oh, um, you think seventy percent? I'm, I'm going less than seventy percent on a move. Under fifty. 
I'm under 50 right now. That does not mean I don't want it to happen. I'm just, I'm, I'm leaning at less likely than more likely right now. Maybe, maybe it's a pessimism. Maybe I'm being too negative, just standard. Um, Hey, real quick, real quick, before we get to the last call, I, I'm just looking at this and I'm kind of doing this on the fly here, but I just saw Mark Spears. Uh, this is either ESPN. I don't know if this is after the game, before the game, but it looks like he's saying, and I sent it over in the chat here. It looks like saying there is optimism that he will be back before March, Sam. Um, and from Ramona Shelburne, my sense with the Steph Curry injury is that this is the kind of injury that the Warriors feel like they avoided could have been a lot worse. So maybe some good news if it's before March. Maybe you know that you know. they come back from the All-Star game the 23rd of February. I'm not saying Steph will be back for that one, but knowing him, he's probably aiming for that one. But you know what? If he's back before March, we're talking six, eight total games. That's nothing. That's a big win, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then thumbs up. We'll take that. Double thumbs. Double thumbs. We'll take it. (laughs) All right. Let's get to the last call. Yo, 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 yo. Pastor here. What a fucking game. Hey, if you aren't watching on the playback, uh, Mikas just killed it with the comedy tonight in his bets. Uh, join in whenever he's hoping he's fucking phenomenal. But this putrid franchise of the OKC Thunder is just an absolute joke. I mean, there's no step out there. Look at the effort level they had. They came, kind of came out hot in the first and then just quivered like the putrid franchise that they are. Totally, totally expected. Can't believe it. Playing an amazing game. It's absolutely phenomenal. So it would be amazing if they could just wrap off a few more wins before the All-Star break and start doing all these doomers that just shut up for a few minutes. All right, have a good one, guys. <laughs> Late. Hey, I got nothing I like to add that. to that. I got nothing to add. Shout out, Mick Walters. We're going to end on that. We, we want more wins. Going to the break, positive record. See what happens. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.